Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, welcome.
during the holiday season. The veils are thinnest between Halloween and Mardi Gras Day. And so we not only experience family and celebration and many of you, happiness and joy and, and, and prosperity and, and sort of a sharing and gifting in your prosperity. It's real easy for us to forget that many people in the world don't celebrate this holiday, don't acknowledge this holiday, don't acknowledge many of the beliefs and traditions and myths and, and religious systems behind the holiday. So the veils are finished at this time of year. People are in their feelings, up feelings, down feelings, but people are feeling some kind of way. And it is indeed this time that many of the ghosts within our families, within our bloodline, rise up, show up at the family dinner, show up at the, at the buffet, show up at, at the party, much like Gede, who shows up uninvited, always, you know, to, to mock civilization, always to, to mock those who, who sort of think they're contained and, and, and withholding their deepest, darkest secrets, only to remind us that our ancestors are involved in everything. In everything. There's a saying in ancestral honoring worship. When we eat, they eat. When we drink, they drink. And those who are in my audience who are among my godchildren or even among my clients who've done ancestral work and divination, you know what I'm referencing. And that is the ever present of the ancestors with us, around us, up until modern time, 20 years ago, you know, this was sort of ethereal and spiritual and, and held to the realm of seances and, and, uh, and egg ceremonies and, and, and the like. But now with the support of science, we understand that ancestral memory survived with the DNA. One of the toughest questions that I have to answer that I have to clarify often for many people is in the acknowledgement of people that you consciously have a negative connection to or negative memory to within your family or within your bloodline. And how then do we go about ancestral worship with that understanding, with that information in our head? And I often take them right back to this Jacob's Ladder, this DNA uh, symbolism that indeed we can't separate, not only from the family that we think we know or we think we have a beef with or, or, or we think we have some kind of issue with, have suffered some kind of grief, grief, grievous offense, uh, abuse, molestation, uh, etc. But there's also a much bigger array of ancestors that we don't even know by name. We don't even know by face. We don't even know by conscious memory. One of the first things I learned in doing my Ancestry.com and my 23andMe, which is on everything right now, every TV program, every daytime talk show, you know, has some reference back to it. So some of you are waiting on that $59, $69, $79 opportunity to jump in there and get it. This is your window of opportunity. And this typically happens at Christmas. Many of these companies are in competition and they're 
offering some of their, their best and lowest deal, two-for-ones, and all that kind of stuff. So please take this opportunity to follow the lead of Wendy Williams and myself and many others and, and have your DNA done. The idea that we must cut off, eliminate, remove those who have somehow aggrieved us or offended us or, or left a mark on the family is something that's indeed a human response. It's an emotional mechanism to self-preservation, to self-protection. The truth is the spiritual person, and, and be clear because I'm being very specific with my words right now, the spiritual person, I'm not talking necessarily about the person who's spiritual and not necessarily religious, I'm talking about, indeed, the spiritual person. There are certain divine laws that come with being the spiritual person. Now, whether you agree or not, I'm not here to debate it. (laughs) I didn't create them. I didn't write them. They are what they are. And there are absolute laws in the spirit realm that are unmutable, unchangeable, that are fixed. And then there are relative truths, relative laws that apply to your scenario, to your situation, to where you are in any given point in time in history, uh, to, to what you know, to what you understand. That's why it's commonly said that once you come into the light, you cannot go back into darkness. Once you truly understand something. See, it's one thing to understand something, to be able to read it, to see it, you know, no smoke. You know, do not touch. Don't, you know, push this button. You know, we see signs, warning signs, red placards all throughout life, figuratively and literally. Um, You know, we see people now at at this point in in society who've done drugs, who've smoked crack, who've smoked meth, who've done all sorts of things. So it does not Require all of us now to live out that experience to gain some relative truths about it. And so there are relative truths that exist within the spirit realm. Being positive is a relative truth. Being positive. Now, now how important does that become depending on your scenario? Some scenarios are harder to be positive under. Some scenarios require more of us than others to be happy, to be joyful, to, to be at peace. And often, if we are not tested, then we don't really know to what extent we are capable of or our, our skill set uh, other than our experience. And we see this mirrored in athletics. We see this mirrored in other skilled arts and crafts and sciences, sciences learning to play an instrument, learning to dance, you know, learning to be good at something. There's a trial and error. There's a there's a relative truth that is acted out through trial and error, through practice. And keeping in mind the law based in string theory that all energy was created once at the at the creation of the universe, at the Big Bang. So indeed all energy is here. There's a certain permanence to energy. Though it can be transferred, it can be uh, uh, recycled uh, as our food is 
you know, grab this energy from the sun and from the soil and from the earth and, and from the water, and then we ingest that, and, and it becomes another form of energy, and then we emit it out back into the creation. It becomes another form of, of, of fertilizer or energy, and the cycle, if you will, continues. So the idea that those things that bring us uh, pain, those things that bring us discomfort, those things that show up as a challenge or problematic to us are somehow uh, something that we should work to expunge, to eliminate, to remove ever crossing, you know, that vibration again. It's a bit lofty once you understand what energy is. Uh, I think another way to explain it that might be more familiar is the person who dates in a pattern who befriends in a pattern, who finds their life repeating certain patterns. Uh, And for those who are indeed spiritual, truly spiritual, and understand, I can talk about many things at once and stay on target. It's sort of the mechanism of my wiring. Um, I know I said I was going to go into much more detail about the difference between being spiritual, being, being spiritual, and sort of the idea of spiritual versus something, usually religion. So the idea of sort of expunging out energy, particularly if we're talking about ancestors, it's much easier for us to make sense of it if we think about genetic codes, if we think about T cell uh, um, deformities, um, like uh, sickle cell, for instance. Which, which is a, a disease that is more prevalent in African-Americans. Um, and it so has a, has a parent combination that has to take place. So one parent has, has a carrier of this genetic malady. The other parent has a, is a, care, a carrier of it. And then you birth a child that is now that much more likely to be born uh, with sickle cell. So that might be an extreme way of looking at it. But even our phobias, our fears, our taste in food, your sensibilities to hot or cold, your sensibilities to spicy or sweet um, can absolutely be carried on in the genetic material, the, the Jacob's Ladder, the DNA structuring um, from our parents. And we see this mirrored in Odoo. We see and EFI demonstration where you have a parent head, if you will, uh, and then another parent head, and, and then that is married together, and then a new child is born, a new Odu is born, a new power is born, and that is specific to a particular person, place, thing, and location in time. Understanding that time is very specific to, to where you are at any given moment, um, physically, but also um, uh, ethereally and, and, and figuratively. So the holidays and this doorway being open that I keep talking about and the veil being thin and, and people coming into their feelings. And, and let me be clear for my new listeners and my new viewers. I'm not talking so much philosophically right now. Though I teach in, in, in a sort of philosophical order. I, I'm also teaching from my experience. This isn't what I've read in a book. This isn't necessarily what all I've consumed.
classroom, just in sitting at the feet of elders, sitting at the feet of, of, of teachers, in the learning process. This has also been a part of my own experience. So I don't want to ever give the appearance that I am entirely divine, that I don't experience humanity and humanity at the same degree as as you do. Um, and so holidays are very problematic for me, particularly these particular holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, those are particularly problematic. And for some of you, even uh, Valentine's Day, which falls before Mardi Gras Day, uh, I said the veil was thinning between Halloween and Mardi Gras Day. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Mardi Gras culture, Mardi Gras Day moves around uh, every year a little bit. Uh, it is uh, contingent on a, a, a system that is out of the frame of reference for the average person who's not Catholic or, or is not in a, a cultural community where Carnival and Mardi Gras indeed are celebrated. Uh, but it follows, you know, sort of the storyline of 12 days of Christmas. Uh, so it, it falls right into your new year and, and many of the coldest, darkest months, uh, which is what we're so all about for the northern hemisphere and so there are doorways that are open doorways that are that are are, are gapped open during this time of year that create emotions and dark feelings and our vegetation even symbolically goes away uh, figuratively and literally goes away the further north of the equator you are giving a much more uh, intense sense of death, birth, and, and rebirth and resurrection. Uh, uh, that is a concept that we talked about in most uh, recent days, too, as it relates to roots and, and hoodoo, the, the understanding of the process of death, birth, and resurrection, particularly with root plants, root vegetables, like your tulips, for instance, that require a, a bulb to be planted during the winter months, during the darker, colder winter months, uh, allowing for it to be properly fertilized and cared for and, and nurtured when the spring and the summer months and the, and the sun returns, uh, and then we get the greenery and we, and we get flowers. So there are indeed divine laws entrenched in much of what we identify today as root work and conscience. Uh, but the truths behind it are often lost if we are not willing to do sort of this work into where these traditions come and how they continue to sustain themselves now and present in a new world. And if I haven't said so, please put your uh, questions in uh, all capitals so that I can separate them from your greetings and the other conversation on both platforms. I will acknowledge um, uh, here. Uh, live on air. So the idea of, of acknowledging parts of our ancestry that and with um, indeed the that which we do know, which might some sense of, of pain or darkness or challenge to in my own experience, and indeed that. Um, I have my own issues and pain 
tragedy directly with the answer. Indeed, no power, no entity that knows you or your family better than those who are linked to you in terms of your bloodline. This is not about working the dead. This is not about, um, you know, if you will. For indeed, we are not
two, the Roman numeral two, and then com. That might be their website. Um, it's an all-night program, and they discuss everything from ghosts to faith healing to alien intervention to and, and psychic uh, investigations and, and, and reviewing and conspiracies and, and government and war conspiracies, all, all kind of things. Uh, things that I find interesting, uh, many of you in this audience might and find it interesting. So uh, it's a platform that for me, um, even most of uh, some of my ideas and, and thoughts and, and, and then with other people. So the idea that we are only operating, I'm going back to my spirit comment, only operating in spirit or in things spiritual for ourselves. And often self translates into that which is carnal, that which is our most immediate need, our most immediate gratification, and anything that goes that. Uh, thing in, in America take from that which you need in that moment in time space. They large quantities of fish or large quantities of investments and produce uh, during that time in order to stock and storehouse um, and, and store, if you will. So the idea that we access spirit and spirituality for just that uh, is a more modern, it's a more modern notion. Um, being spiritual indeed transcends beyond you. Beyond your most immediate needs transcends beyond just what's in the moment for you and around you and with you and, and permeates throughout your bloodline, your genealogy. So any blockage becomes a block set up in the continuum of energy. Any blessing, any stronghold that you break is set up open and, un, and broken for those who then follow, who then come behind. Now, now people can create new bounds, create new strongholds, create new problems for themselves. Absolutely. And part of the journey of, of humanity. Against sort of this clock, if you will, doesn't stop. That's we're playing catch up. Trying to remember who we are. Trying to remember our God self. Trying to understand our purpose for being here. All I say is trying to live life in the Thank you. Wash your ass. You know you've got to feed your household, and then depending on where you are in the world. That changes flavor. That changes. You are geographically, culturally, ethnically located and live. My own well being. To that, I bought 
to battle my enemies, you know, to help me to, to gain without understanding that we are laterally pulled from universal energy at the same time returning universal energy. Just like we breathe. When we exhale, we pull it, we're pulling pulling in. Inhale, we're projecting projecting out that energy back to the universe. Even exchange. So we heal often, we start the journey for ourselves to stop our pain, stop our own discomfort, to find our own focus. And that's not the point of you know, that's not the point of and then you walking out into that through the healing process, medical terms, physical therapy, and, and occupational therapy, forms of therapy that might be why you're uh, an outpatient prescription and we've given you an ebo and given you some homework and now you've got to walk a certain step, a certain uh, uh, path or diet. Follow and acknowledge particular uh, uh, taboos that are specific to you. If there's no individual place we are God in this divine moment in time space but we've got to remember that we are divine we're also human we're also flesh, we're also clay you know because I am human and so there's some sense of morality and integrity and ideology you know you know we separate ourselves from animals we're at, and indeed exist also in that space that is animal. Back to the corner. Let the child be, be you know, and, and so you're carried, governed by Godhead, your God self, your God consciousness, and, and you react. You respond on the instinct. But the idea and, and ritual and, and, and learn to be still putting things in a particular order setting a particular program a particular way of doing so that something is then manifest duplicated multiplied in, in alignment with what we want, what we wish for but also what's in our best interest that you heard me talk about God and destiny from a Buddhist perspective and the idea that God or the, or the God of the universe, if you will, meaning a universe that has a, a higher this understanding Need 
our purpose in this moment is to bring balance to truth, bring correction to the best power in now leaving that vibrational energetic footprint that absolutely then benefit those who come before and um, sort of the idea that we view it in a more selfish kind of way. Well, why should I have to bear the brunt of my ancestors? Well, our ancestors could have, could have said the same thing. Um, could have asked that, that same question. Um, and we have documented example throughout history of people who sacrificed limb, person, Things than themselves. Make things better for your children, better for your grandchildren, better for your grandchildren. View it from a current maturity perspective. To look at individuals and families and communities that have been left an inheritance financially in terms of property ownership and land, maybe in terms of great leaders, great door openers, great innovators that have laid a foundation now for which their children and maybe even grandchildren can then follow in. And so spiritually, we can sort of the Sort of empowers negative, just sort of empowers aggression with support, with, with to some degree support darkness. We cannot let that voice override what the spiritual person absolutely knows and understands is that positive energy is absolute. It will survive gossip, survive drama, it will survive. It will survive. And so we must operate from our God self. We, we must have regress into our, our flesh and, and into nature, into our lower chakra system, no matter what the weather. No matter what the weather. Anything. I could talk about the politics of the day. I could be talking about the Talking about battle, and, and that's one of the things I like about spirit. Because if it's truth, if it's absolute, it sounds like a parable to the foolish, to the uneducated, to the unwise, to the unknowing. It makes so much clarity, so much sense when your third eye is open, when your head is open. We don't put enough value. We talk about a Risha romance. I talk about a Risha romance. The notion, the idea of what a Risha romance is. Just agree. But I talk about what we don't know. 
number one concern should be Orie. Should be Orie. So even in the context of that which you to want, that which you need, you desire, that which desire, destiny and God, God is in the ancestors with still must pass through your head. Still must pass through your read. And the Western culture might describe that as will. God can override or overpower your will. And present a blessing, he can gift it to you. Uh, as we look at that story of the talent, one brother talent, one brother did the best of his ability and multiplied, you know, a few of his talents. The brother who it is said in scripture God was most displeased with. So it is the idea of not taking action, not going the next step in what we say we believe, what we say we understand, where we lay our so our ancestors are something that cannot be neglected, particularly if we're looking at health challenges. Your DNA, both ages, both parental power, and the sets of grandparents that come with It's a genetic code that none of us can override, even if you don't know it, even if you are aware of it. Uh, there's a great deal of the Old Testament that is just a retelling of generation. You know, and so on and so forth. So the idea of lineage and ancestors confined just to Akbar, not confined just to Voodoo and Ifa and me. We all have ancestors. Everyone in the past had ancestors. But we don't all acknowledge and honor those ancestors in the same place. Even with I don't mix my with my Hindu or, or India or with my indigenous American ancestors. Allow them faith. Now, now we with faith with modernness, our, our development of modern Western culture. And so what was outside and was built and what was housed in nature is now housed indoors or housed in a temple. So sometimes we condense things. Like the, the Cuban Lukomi uh, approach they have Orisha sometimes. Uh, particularly uh, less than 30 years been back. Uh, if you look at the book Arts in America, uh, 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 and all back into the 50s. They do have a picture of some uh, 40 and the 30s in that. Deity sort of 
and left low box line higher at the top and deity that earth and nature to the so it does speak to our mobility in between the physical world and the spirit world animal nature and our human nature our human nature and our divine we indeed as demonstrated um, through string theory, we live and exist in multiple realms of consciousness, multiple realms of the universe, multiple of dimensional space, each and every moment of our life. Um, we operate being Harm, who, who committed crimes against individuals, families, or, or humanity. Poor libation on the to keep them quiet, to keep them at rest. Uh, some would say, uh, I think, from a voodoo concept, it's more to keep that negative energy from. Us now on time because as some in your and we're emotional and indeed we should be uh, there's a historic context um, others also say that you know be happy that people are now free from their physical bonding free from some of the, the binding, heavy, negative energy that we all collect um, in our lives. The aging, uh, lean, just because of osteoporosis, just because of, you know, biological uh, ailment. I think it's also symbolic of the that we carry, uh, holding and carrying people's secrets, holding and carrying people's uh, offenses, holding out stuff that is not heard, it's not clear, it's not
whatever your, your device um, choice is using uh, today. So we bring balance because of, first, ourselves. Because we seek balance, we seek truth, we seek clarity so that we can have and evolve the best lives possible. But we absolutely want to create and recreate a world around us that is in our image. Even if you're not conscious of that, you choose to say, well, I'm not here. I think it was Charles Barkley that, that time said that back in the 80s or the 90s, I believe it was. He wasn't here to be a Roman. He probably hasn't seen that today. Uh, that's an idea that people also have spiritual that it, that it needs to my own need, my own pain, my own application, my own usage without any consciousness that leads a residual energy in effect to all of us. Everyone is, is aware of it, even if no one sees you. Indeed, the darkness that you work in your dark space, you know, in your experimental development into witchcraft and, and dark magic does not affect you. It affects the, the planet in entirety. A, a real-world example of that is, might be how we view terrorism. And terrorism is just it's a terrifying word. What is it really? Who is it really? What does it look like really? Those are all relative. Does it look like you? Does it look like me? Does it wear a, a hand thing? Uh, it does that. What does that? And that we absorb in society and that we sort of put our, our own meanings and fears and apprehensions. And even when the crime is committed, you have to look at the patterns, the communication, all these other outcomes before we then say a terrorist activity or what's a terrorist. Because we invest in what's physical, we see what we eat, what we can drink, what we can buy, the material values that we play. Neglecting the energy that we give that they take place in our life. And often, it happens. And try to understand, uh, as opposed to cut off 
at, at the root teenage violence, child pregnancy, um, on a relative it's only as important as how it affects at any given moment and the truly spiritual person does not have that does not have that
in Western pop cultural minds, movies, imagination, books, novels, our own personal feelings of lack of empowerment and then creating a sort of cosplay-like supernatural powers and hooking them onto these traditions and then acting that out. Uh, and, and then the, the next group that is somehow confused by that and then can't separate real voodoo from sort of this cosplay that's going on. So I posted the story that's in the news in Nigeria right now from December 1st. Two young girls accused of witchcraft set ablaze, set a fire. Two victims said to be aged 11 and 5 years old respectively are reportedly battling for their lives at the Plateau State Specialist Hospital at Josh. The state chairperson of Nigeria Association of Women Journalists, acronym NAWOJ, Mrs. Jennifer Yorima described the act as a gross violation of the human rights of the victims and called for concerted efforts from law enforcement agencies to ensure for the perpetrators um, to be brought to, to to be brought to justice and arrested and persecuted. Um, and I may have gotten about a dozen people who, you know, responded. You know, with the sad face or the angry face, or 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 left, you know, a, a condolence, you know, on the post. But it's not trending. It's not popular. Um, many people aren't aren't looking at it, um, and I find that very telling to the whole idea of how we in the West view spirituality and view what spiritual is, and, and indeed view what being a, a practitioner of an indigenous system of like voodoo or ifa or khan uh, or being a stangoma and, and versus how a witch idea and the concept of which is looked at and applied, uh, and not just in Africa, but in other parts of the indigenous world. We see some of these same stories in India. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the largest body of Africans outside the continent of Africa is in the country of India. Uh, that's why you see so many dark-skinned people uh, in India. And you do see the witch story, the witch burning, uh, the, the lynching of women, the lynching of children and, and old people under the guise of of some of these these traditions, uh, it's also something that we must know: the interference of Christianity, Islam, Judaism, and Western view sets of what God and and, and the devil are, what witchcraft is. Uh, and so many people believe that you know, sort of these lynch mobs on witches are are being entirely fueled by evangelical presence. Um, in some of these parts of the world. And, and to some degree, that is absolutely uh, correct in terms of giving fuel to something that, that would already exist. Uh, just like I say, voodoo existed in Louisiana long before the Haitian Revolution. It came with the first enslaved Africans that, that uh, debarked 
uh, first ship to arrive here from Wida Benin. And so this idea of which being a threat to the crops, to the people, to the village, something that, that's of an indigenous nature um, in many parts of the world uh, and, and does have some roots in a time that predates, you know, sort of our modern understanding of this conflict between religion and spirituality, between witchcraft uh, and magic and, and, and supernatural healing and, and faith healing uh, and, and all the various divisions now that we label and title these occurrences that are primarily carved out of politics. We use certain words, certain languages, depending on who we're talking to, where we're saying it, who we're trying to get to hear us, you know, versus, you know, um, often uh, the real truth of, of what's being saying, said in, in a sort of a fact, matter-based presentation. So, so when we say witch, black witch, we're often talking to people of color who are part of a, a pop cultural phenomenon of reviving sort of this interest in ATR and indigenous cultural uh, tradition. The implementation of real paganism, witchcraft, and other practices is an extension of our freedom and our liberty to put whatever we want on social media and then for people to misinterpret that or not know how to interpret that or, or not even be educated in that to then reapply that in a way that's often out of context with, with its original meaning. So even when we think about ancestors, the Western mind immediately goes to the dead. And sure, in a relative sense, we're talking about the dead, the most recent dead, the ancient dead, the dead that we favor, the dead that you know, but also those who've gone on that you don't know, that absolutely share a space with you in in, in spirit realm. We look at it, at it as a as a basket, as a textile, as a piece of cloth. We are each weaving a thread, a piece of cloth, a straw, if you will, in this basket, in this textile. That is not just humanity, but it's also, as we continue to evolve, more more universal. It's more than just me. It's more than just my water. More than just my dirt and my trees. It's more than just my energy. It's more than just my feeling. And so you can choose, I can choose to be negative. I can choose to be vengeful. I can choose to be angry. I can choose to be unhappy. I can choose to be disgruntled. And and so we might say, well, then that's my choosing and that that only affects me. But that's not the reality. So you might not have children. You you might not be married. You, You might live alone. But you still project that energy. You still got to work. You still got to shop. You still have to go outside your door. But let's say you don't. Let's say you're the monk. You're the nun. You're tucked away in, in Tibet. You're tucked away in Ile Ife. 
and, and you haven't left for a year. And, and so you're in prayer, you're in ritual, you're in consecration all day and all night. We feel and we embrace and we accept that energy, that, that energy feeds the planet. It, it's, it's why we say that we do it. It's why we believe that this activity is done. When we burn the two-week candle or the seven-day candle, you know, we do so in order to fuel a prayer, to fuel a ritual, to keep life, to keep activity, to keep energy alive and moving. We believe that the prayer accompanying the candle is extended as the wax. The, which is another form? Oh, excuse me. Which is another form of energy is expanded, and then that energy is released into the air. You know, it might be soot, it might be smoke, it might be vapor that we don't see, but that energy has been released. So understand that your energy is palpable, it's tangible, it's real, not just for you, but for others, and vice versa, not just for others, while you're projecting your revenge and your hate and your payback and all that kind of stuff, that is then returned unto you, particularly if your hands are not clean. You can't operate in that dark well if your hands are not clean. So I'm going to assume by the... uh, Thank you, Keona, by the uh, large question marks that I have questions <laughs> that I'm not seeing. And I actually like that, by the way. I like the large question marks that absolutely helps me to uh, see and respond to the question. So I'm going to assume, and if I'm wrong, help me out. The first question, uh, Keona, aren't you God now? Absolutely. Absolutely. You are God, you are goddess, right now in this most present moment in time span. And for people who are so overtly uh, uh, religious, anti-religious, and, and opposed to religion, and even the words that sound like religion, I say universe. Because indeed, we are made up of not just clay and the minerals and the and the atoms and the molecules and the nutrients of this plane, but also all the things that come from the sky, stardust and nanodiamonds and, and all the minerals and even the water viewed as a mineral has arrived here from outer space, has arrived here from somewhere else. So indeed, we are God. We are the universe. We are creation right now right here in this moment in time space. And many of you have seen the photographs or the paintings or the drawings. You know, usually someone in the lotus or someone in a spiritual position. And then the consciousness is depicted as the galaxy or the Milky Way or the spinning of the universe. And so when we say, which is a, a scientific word, a quantum metaphysical word, uh, macrocosm mirrors the microcosm. We are saying that our small world mirrors our big world. If, if you look at it in, in the right proportion, our DNA structure 
mirror something much smaller, atoms, molecules, how they move around, electromagnetism, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But then at a bigger level, we see the same thing happening with planets, stars. So we are God. We are, in, in a sense, God in the center of a universe. And we create, and we create our reality with our mouths, with our thought processes, what we believe, what we feed, and then what we feel. Because a part of our belief and our knowing is not just brain, it's not just third eye, but also heart. And the challenge of the human is to balance that. That. The challenge of God in a physical body is to balance that against natural law, against physical law. Because if we could break natural law, we could break physical law randomly, and at will, gravity wouldn't make any sense, and so nothing would be held together. Many of our earth laws wouldn't make any sense. If we shapeshift at, at, at just a thought, but we had absolutely no control over that, and, and, and then everything in life becomes random, and there's a shape shift, a transformation shifting, then how much sense will we be able to make in this reality, and particularly to, to the goal, to the target, come up with an idea, to come up with a plan, and then to move that thing forward. But the truth is, that picture I just painted is, is absolutely what's happening. At least, according to string theory, at least 11 different realities are happening right now in this moment in time space. Except in one reality, that suit is purple or, or, or zebra paint or completely made out of stone, or it's not there at all, or it's upside down in, in another plane, or I am not even human, or I'm part something else. All of the, anything that you can envision, this is science, people, this is science. Anything you can imagine about this reality right now, it's already real in another plane dimension. So therefore, we are God. We are goddess. We do exist in the center at the crossroads at the plane of existence. But we are having to balance divine law with law. And that's the challenge. That's the challenge. And, and people like me try to make it sound easier said than done. We might demonstrate it as easier said than done, which is why early in the show I reminded you I am human. I am divine. I am voodoo, but I am also human, just like each and every one of you. Because I don't show my pain, reflect my tragedies, show my imperfections right out on the surface, doesn't mean that they aren't there. It doesn't mean that any person that you might view as somehow having it together or following some kind of economic plan that, that, that you would envy or a spirit plan that you would want to possess doesn't mean we're not challenged. 
I could do a whole four-hour show on just my challenges, but would you be here for that? <laughs> would you find that edifying and, and entertaining? I share from my experience of resolution. Result-oriented practitioner, I am result-oriented. So I speak from what I've already tried, what others around me have tried, what has been traditionally shown to work, what my client body and my godchildren have shown to work. And over time, that becomes the thing to do, somehow safe thing to do. I'm not sure where that exactly came from, except from the idea that we use many herbs for cleansing, for purification, for ritual ceremony. So I appreciate that, uh, Keona, and help me out with um, any other questions that I might not be seeing right away. I also am grateful for you interjecting uh, the website, www dot house of the divine prince dot com chat and please I invite you to um, um, submit your questions comments requests your private questions comments and requests by way of email at divine prince at house of the divine prince dot com. Um, I absolutely um, agree, Kiona, um, about. Um, Wait a minute, I didn't see the question about ancestors and tarot readers. Let's go back. How to connect with ancestors with tarot readers. Oh, Flower of Life. My apologies. Greetings, Flower of Life. Um, you can only, because of what tarot is as a tool, um, and it is not quite as ethnic-specific, uh, though we know that at its historic nature, I believe it was the Italians who sort of gifted us tarot as we know it today. They didn't gift us many of the symbols that are included in traditional tarot, um, but we know that they, they've gifted us that. Uh, but, but it is paper. It is not quite from an organized system, if you will. So I only use tarot in connection with ancestors only in regards as to how they show up to do the work. I associate that with the number four. I associate destiny with the number 10. Think about it. The number one could be you or it could be God. The zero could be God. And it can also be symbolic of the binary code, the very first zero and one, God birthing out first pulse, first human, and then that multiply. Um, so the 10 is my God number, is my destiny number. And we don't write destiny. We believe destiny is always in our best interest. It's always to our advantage. Though like God, flower of life, we can't always see it, hear it, perceive it, requiring us to be still, requiring us to hear, requiring us to listen, requiring us to focus, requiring us to do all these things, fasting. Um, but your ancestors are more aggressive because they've had a human incarnation. So your number four 
in the divine numerology that I was taught. And this divine numerology goes all the way back to many Masonic sets, uh, ancient Egyptian um, understanding of, of numbers. Um, the number four is not only representative of your ancestors, but angelic forces getting involved in your business. Um, angelic forces move at 180-degree angles. I mean, 190-degree angles, uh, which explains why many of your religious temples and rooms sort of have this slant thing going on. And so they sort of move like this. And when we look at that in math, cubes, boxes, rectangles, moving from that one plane of existence and then jumping to that other, that's embedded in the number four. The number four also holds your primal elements, earth, water, fire, air, which inhabit what we call our physical universe. Uh, but when we look at it, earth, water, fire, air, and then mind, or ether, or spirit realm, without the spirit realm, without that interdimensional space that we just talked about, none of this could actually be held together. None of this would hold. So ancestors would show up through your number fours, through the patterns that surround the number four. Uh, it will often explain why the ancestors are showing up, what they're trying to influence, what they're getting involved in. Uh, and like destiny, we can't block or stop or, or inhibit ancestral involvement. Um, we can try. That shows up as blockages, complications. Uh, unnecessary loss of money, time, energy, stress, uh, because ultimately God, destiny, and your ancestors uh, get their way. Um, we can delay it, slow it down by not going with the flow, doing the work, acknowledging the work, etc. Um, but we can't overpower our ancestors to some degree any more than we can God. Um, without stepping in truly as God and getting involved in the creation and recreation of our own destiny. So the, um, the diabetes that passes down generationally in your family, some might say is, is uh, something that's generational, that's DNA, that's hard to stop or, or block. Um, but if we eat the right thing, exercise, change how we live and how we operate, we then can bring some balance with the aid of the ancestors. Please, I'm going to have to take a momentary, a momentary break. I will be forward in a moment. I'm going to put on a little music. I'll be right back. All is a blessing. Dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Gonna carry Freddy ready Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where 
Fire on the bayou when a black cat scratched at two under a full moon that's blue. Chant the magic words, Kufaru. A dash of cayenne to the rule. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that Moses. All right, John, I'm back. Please forgive me. I just answer the door. If I have, if I've missed any questions, uh, Keona, please help me out. Try to get me back on track here. Okay, uh, Keona's talking about. Um, um, there being a respect, a protocol, a manner, a language, a tone that must be used to approach African spirituality. Uh, and that's absolutely true, not just of African spirituality, but I would say of any world culture and tradition. Um, Hindus could be righteously um, indignant. Um, Africans can be righteously indignant. Uh, indigenous Americans can be righteously indignant. Uh, those that would even stand up for um, the Celts and, and the Welsh and, and, and European um, bloodlines and ethnic groups can absolutely stand up and be indignant about how we appropriate and borrow and steal from and manipulate these world practices and traditions in a way that never existed before now. Understand, we didn't have, you know, internet. We didn't have uh, access to, to, to such a wealth of, of global languages and traditions and practices much in the way that we do today. We, that didn't exist before. So what we are seeing, what we are experiencing is new, um, is is monumental is is groundbreaking in terms of this experiment if you will that is the world wide web and how we now have access to all of this information and then how we use it how we apply it Uh, for some this is just entertainment Uh, it's just another tool in your toolbox or it's just another toy in your toy box but for others this is office equipment uh, remember when a computer was office equipment? Remember when a beeper and a cell phone was was for business people doing business? And now it's in every home. Now it's an extension of your watch, of your TV, you know, of your game console. Um, so there are many implications to this information. Natural heaven, am I missing something? Is there another question I'll skip here? Uh, in the chat, please type your questions in all capital letters. This does allow me to uh, see and respond um, in a way. Keona, you're typing almost everything you say in capitals, and that's 
confusing me. So I need you to sort of limit that. Um, yeah, so I guess that was the last question, connecting to ancestors using uh, using tarot. Um, through that symbolism, if I wanted to go deeper, I'm then going to use the tools of that culture, of those people, to get a much clearer connection um, in terms of divination from, from spirit. I don't rely um, entirely on tarot in terms of communication with, with ancestors, um, particularly in voodoo. Um, we just don't quite do it that way. And often divination um, is divided in Ifa, voodoo, many of those West African traditions between that that we do with the ancestors versus that which we do um, with the spirit and the spirit realm. Um, and the deity. Uh, is there another question or comment? Um, hit me with it. Otherwise, I'm going to be ending the broadcast momentarily. Um, I still got some things to do before the year uh, is out. Um, I, I did want to say more about the girls being burned in, in Africa. The, just the idea how we play around with the voodoo, how we play around with the idea and the concept of, of voodoo dolls and what they are and, and, and how they work and how everybody's doing it now um, suggests that it's either um, not very real or it's something that's only as real as you believe it to be um, or, or it's something that we can all sort of safely uh, manipulate and, and, and go in and out of. And indeed, in the case, we'd be living in a very magical world. <laughs> if that was indeed the case, we've got to do our work to, um, to just the profane and, and the regular vibration and notes and tones that many of us live on and operate from uh, in a daily basis. The idea of and religion and being spiritual and feeding spirits and acknowledging ancestors has universally um, historically been something that has been relegated to the realm of sacred faith. Bring balance. But also bring in this power to create a new, and in, in many ways, a new. Practical result in, in this moment. I certainly do appreciate each and every one of you for being present here and now in this most time. Additional revolutionary all these foods and recipes. Um, I will be uh, ending the show. And I do appreciate it. Right up to the end of the week. Uh, provided nothing gets away, gets in the way 
um, of my schedule or your schedule or your uh, our coming together uh, in this sacred square circle of gods and goddesses. I certainly do appreciate your time, your energy, your support. I look forward to feeding you, serving you. Another year going into 2020, please do enjoy your holidays. I'll be working right through the holidays and know that I am here you and for you and that all is truly and indeed a blessing. Um, Keon, am I missing a question? Otherwise, I'm going to keep it moving. Natural heaven, the screen is moving um, all during the course of the show. So to prevent long periods of silence, I have to then scroll back to see your question. But I don't see a question from you other than the one that I uh, believe that I had already um, responded to. I'm not, I'm, I'm just not seeing it. And, and I just don't want to tie up five minutes of dead airspace just trying to make sense of it. Um, the last question or comment that I saw was how do I connect to ancestors during a tarot read? I don't, I don't see. Okay, I see how do I connect with the ancestors. Okay. Uh, how do I connect with the ancestors? Again, that is contingent on your tradition, on your path, on your ethnic group, uh, and, and a system that's being utilized and, and applied. Uh, in my house, we require DNA information. We require, and it's traditional, to do a official five divination. And those things in my house are combined in order to address who, what, where, and how we acknowledge our ancestors. It's more than creating a space. It's more than pouring a libation. Um, It's more than just feeding our ancestors at at any given um, space and time. Uh, It's something that I teach in ancestral divination and and work. Uh, It's something that is a part of uh, many traditional initiatory processes like Ifa, Voodoo, Akan, Ebe, Paolo, Kandable, all of these traditions have a system of addressing the ancestors, communicating with, with the ancestors built within those systems. Um, I've taught on it, shared it. Uh, I believe this is my 11th year, uh, beloved, in Blog Talk Radio platform. And uh, I've been on YouTube as, as just as long, but I've only started doing these type of broadcasts um, in the last year. Um, so it is, it is almost like explaining um, chemistry, um, which would be hard to do in a limited amount of time um, without knowing who your ancestors are, where you come from, um, what that balance is if you will, in in your ancestors, and then applying that to your shrine. We all acknowledge God. We all acknowledge goddess. We all acknowledge ancestors in a very general and and generic way. Um, And for every 
identity and person and human breathing in the sound of my voice. There's a, a podcast or a blog or, or, or some expert uh, that believes they have the understanding or the, the system or the appropriate way in which you acknowledge ancestors. And I'm here to just represent and acknowledge and clarify what is voodoo. And, and those traditions that are under the um, umbrella of voodoo. Um, if there was another question, I'm still not saying it. And even as I scroll up, it still keeps scrolling down. Um, Yes, I hope I was able to answer your questions and and your comments um, that did come through in a clear and uh, concise way. People want to know why I don't talk about sacrifices, animals, the mixing of potions and and lotions and and, and herbs and and products um, when I do these broadcasts. Um, and, and there's several reasons for it, very clear reasons. Um, one is, that's my product. That's what I do, <laughs> okay? Um, and so what would I have to give? What would I have to offer a client um, if I've given all my sources away? Um, I also offer it in documentary and archaeological programming and academic programming where it can be uh, accurately and legally and properly documented for dexterity, not just for now and in this moment in podcast time space, uh, but for forever in in some cases, uh, so that it is a part of of what Voodoo, hoodoo, root work, and conjure is. And then the third reason, beloved, is the most important. Um, you hurt yourself. You hurt yourself. It's already been demonstrated uh, in my experience more than once and more than one ceremony. Um, people would hurt themselves. Uh, people think what they want, and they want it right now. Uh, and any opportunity to take a shortcut to that, uh, to make something that's, you know, me and my mother and a couple of other uh, older people had a discussion the other day about why people believe that perform miracles the way they are presented at the Bible, if indeed those miracles are, are real and not explainable. Also, fairies and unicorns and, and magical events, and indeed people using these grimoires and these magical books and these magical texts to indeed create. Spirit realm every single day. We do, however, live in a different relative to consciousness. Our heads are different. We are more God-like now than 200 years ago. 
Just think of all the, the gadgets, like the cigarette lighter that we take for granted, uh, created in just 200 years, that would, in an old world mindset, not be magical. Uh, the cell phone would be unimaginable uh, five years ago. People would say that that was a magic box for communication. So I believe that the, the knowledge, the ability absolutely exists in, in our hands. It's divinely innate. It is inherent. But I also believe that as we evolve as, as a human species, as individuals, but then as a human species, we are then being given access to greater levels of information, most of which could harm us in our systems. Uh, but then there are masks behind applied to modern technology. Uh, so our, our bombs and our defense, our microwave and our computers and, and, and TV and our cars or our homes of at the grassroots level of population. Most of us have no idea what's going on, you know, in this cell phone. Pieces, what parts, what chemistry, uh, and then there's a degree you know, my, my minuscule in terms of size, so if you don't have the right equipment and the right technology, you know, we can't even envision that. Yet it's something that we take for granted. It's something we drop and crack and damage and throw away and and renew and, and ultimately end up probably at the bottom of in some deep hole in the bottom of the earth somewhere. So I believe God has and still does gift that power. People still give a some of these gas and, and toys I, I believe are an extension of that gift of prophecy. Um Many of our great prophets and, and storytellers um, have masked their truth, poetic language, and, and hip hop jargon, and, and you know, cute way of saying things, um, and to confound the foolish, those who would give it for for negative. To maintain its um, its uh, righteous nature. So um, I'm going to move forward. Greetings, um, greetings. I do appreciate each and you. We're 15 minutes to talk. Do type them in all capital letters in the chat, like. Um, Really, T has done in Blog Talk Radio, and I'll be more than happy to respond to you. Greetings to you as well, um, my my beloved. Um, I'm trying to fish out your comment. Uh, I am aware of the link 
that are being made between um, Israelites, the Israelite tribes, and various people of the world. Um, I have to say, um, I necessarily agree with it. <laughs> to accept a certain legitimate I have evolved from. Um, I don't prophesize. If you understand, I don't preach. I'm to voodoo. My is voodoo. Who I am is voodoo. My lifestyle is voodoo. I don't sleep. I don't, I don't have much um, I don't do anything outside of voodoo and art entertainment and performance, cultural performance. Um, so, so that's a cultural banner or religious banner or rainbow flag banner uh, or, or, or any of those things. Not that they're not, not that I'm not somehow part of, of, of many communities diverse communities. Um, but the Bible has always been controversial for me um, from the beginning, beloved. Um, first, as a former spiritualist, black spiritualist church member, then as a former Baptist, Southern Baptist, then as a former evangelical Christian, then as a former Rastafarian, then as a former practitioner who became well acquainted with Dr. York, the Hebrew Israelite movement, many of those movements that um, have their roots in the 1960s, the decade in which I was born with, um, and then sort of grew uh, and developed into the 70s, and many were sort of gone by the 80s. Um, and are now only being seen in books or being revived. And no longer support the Bible as black faith. Um, so we can blacken up the um, And indeed, the Bible is black. Indeed, the stories that are being told, the histories that are being told from uh, the ones that, that Originate in the book that, that predates um, the King James, that predates uh, modern duplication, retranslation, etc. So we're looking at the lost books of the Bible. We're looking at, um, they got a special name for that Egyptian farmer boy. Um, we, we've got to really go when we start talking about the Bible and, the, and who are we following. I also um, have to consider the DNA. And there has been DNA research done to tie Israelites, um, Ethiopians, um, and then uh, what was used to, what was,
are they found for the uh, Israelites, not, not necessarily um, mirroring that the, the Bible puts out, but sort of to those people, and quite possibly those people have traveled deeper into South Africa long before, historically long before that period that we associate the Israelites with. Um, just like when people, uh, when we were going through the comedic thing, save Dr. York, save Dr. York thing, um, and I challenged people then to produce Egyptian things. Now, surprisingly, we now find out that many African Americans produce this Egyptian Change my language. I should correct it. I had to ask for forgiveness as I keep my knowledge. So I'm I'm still beloved having a problem with the whole Hebrew Israelite thing. Um, sort of blacking up the Bible. And I felt the same way about Rastafari to some degree. Um, that we now sort of. What with it exactly? Um, and we're also not that to be all that inclusive um, when it comes to people. Um, other black people that think like them and look like them and dress like them and eat like them. And we travel in the same circle, in the same mindset as them. But it does not mirror organically the idea of tribal or groups and families um, as we call them in the motherland, the mother continent, um, through its solution. Some of you have done. Timeline back as far as they can in terms of DNA um, to the beginning of, of time and then walk it forward um, in terms of your specific bloodline. So, were your ancestors um, years ago uh, versus 2,000 years ago versus 500 years ago, etc. Um, and I find my bloodline originated in, in, in three, indeed, we are. Asiatic in that frame of, of, of language. But we often use that political in um, I'm being, um, okay, Fiona, I see your comments, questions pending. Um, but I'm not saying I if you can copy and paste it, that would be good I'm 
I see, okay, there's no questions pending right now. But at the bottom of the chat, I see questions pending. And neither book do I, I, neither question do I see. I don't see either question. Okay, now I see uh, your view on hearing voice. Okay, so I'm going to ask one question. And what was the second question? I'll come to that. Okay, um, I get bothered. Uh, you're getting bothered by them? Okay. First one, hearing voice. And then... Almost as if a response to your own question. Um, I'm reading it anyway. I get bothered. Is that giving them the hearing? The hearing voice is always this subject matter, and particularly in today's modern context. Uh, we don't live in Haiti. Um, with voodoo possession as, as, as a normal part of our culture. We don't live in uh, the time of the Temple of Delphi and, and Mesopotamia and, and, and inspired oracles. Um, we have one time a pharmaceutical drug and industry that control food and our education and our health, and our overall sense of well-being. Um, and provided we look at as something that's in association with the authority, with your skin, with your God, um, In many ways, not very different. Even the the Ouija board, they're still. of the message you folks do with it. We are never real authentic vision and clarity of people's past, present and future. Um, and even these 
communication without a purpose. So if you're being communicated, then it might be, or you're now talking about a gin. energy have to be addressed at the same time in order to be clear about what it is. Now, once that's established, is it God, is it a devil, is it is an angel, is it a gym? then what's being said, the value of what's being said, then you can apply that. Now, the notion of you being bothered um, what if one is bothered? Oh my goodness, the check keeps moving every time I try to. Um, you, you, you stated that's energy. You're being bothered by it, annoyed by it. It speaks to other things, speak to. Ghost, ancestor, Jen, who, who would otherwise respond to human emotion? Human that then doesn't make them displaced. They're already already um, but you're being bothered by it. Um, Uh, I'm one of those people who can't turn it off. Uh, I can't say I'm, I'm more likely to be annoyed if I'm hearing them, if they're not, but I'm trying to really focus in on something in real time. Um, I'm, I'm trying to have a conversation uh, with somebody about something else, you know, about something completely unrelated. Uh, sometimes will come to me in a reading, for instance, Extremely important, but for whatever reason, <laughs> important to talk about or or discuss in that moment. And so I'm hearing that, and I tend to a little bit more serious, or a little bit more body exchange. But my expectation um, doesn't feed them, doesn't fuel them, unless it's something unhealthy. And that is something um, that feeds off of, uh, of that sort of um, um, energy. Okay, question I believe is um, if one gets bothered, well, that gives me a place mm-hmm. by the ancestors um, and you're working with your mind, um, yeah, that can, that can be but that, that's problematic for anyone. Um, the person who dreams of, of grandma or grandpa um, but can't make sense of it, you know, you're only used by it, so we, we all have our understanding of what that means. And that one that communication might be 
be irritated by the communication, that can create um, imbalance. Your job, your call is real for your family. If you are the conduit by which the ancestors come through, and let's be clear, you're sort of forced to choice about what the voices are. It's our ancestors trying to get through a message, but you're bothered by that, or you can't sit still, or you're not in a place where you're ready to receive problematic family at the Christmas table, you know, in your in your other relationship, uh, etc. Provided that is what you're looking at. Um, Kiona, you are saying, asking if if who is bothered by the doll or her ancestral offspring? You really don't understand. You have dolls on your ancestral offspring. Now, I can't determine if a dog is served or not that I have been read. Um, so you're asking me to make some assumptions um, of what's happening to you that I couldn't make without a, um appropriate appropriate. When they are disturbed, you say disturbed. You mean moved around when people um, move items on your mind? I'm not quite getting it. I'm not quite getting it. Um, I'm not quite getting it. That's not makes sense to me. Okay, so who are we moving around? That, that's what needs to be questioned. And so you're suggesting they move on their own, the dolls on your shrine. Now, be how you answer because my next comment is where it's videotaped. Okay, if you incidentally move them, you find that it. Yes. Now that makes sense to me. Um, I've tried to describe, I think, in yesterday's show, previous shows, that your ancestral shrine is really random. Um, it's it's almost like uh, there's a story where it originates. I want to say it's about a guy who believes that he needs all these pieces and parts and and glue and gum and spinning wheels that sort of creates this machine uh, in his apartment. And people are hammering and spinning at all hours of day and night. And they see him carting in, you know, old sewing machines and old tops and lawnmowers and pieces of, of broken equipment in and out of his apartment, and they don't know why. And people, and they send the police, and 
And finally, someone and realizes that this man is holding the world together by all these parts and pieces. And if one piece is out of place, the world could come apart. The world could, could fall down. And there are stories that exist throughout the globe in many people, in many cultures, and in many nations. So if you are setting up any shrine work, but particularly there is a particular order to how this might be done. And uh, someone else talked about how to um, moon tide, I believe it was. Um, and I said it's very specific to ancestors are ethnic makeup is or your, your ethnic history is as it relates to your family. And then, of course, the footprint that has been made generationally by the strongest energies in your family. And that's not always the most religious. It could be the person without religion. But the, but the strongest energy, and that's from a spiritual context, understanding that spirit is not necessarily contingent to religion. So your, your negative Spirits in your family can set up just as strongly as the positive one can. And so we don't mix them up on the shrine. We don't serve them all together. There's a particular pattern that's in your mind when you're setting up the altar and your shrine pieces sort of match that. Um, sometimes, um, beloved, um, you natural heaven. You come across that on your own, which apparently you have done. You just aren't aware of it. Um, you're, you're not suggesting that, you know, um, and I could be wrong. You're suggesting sort of the response that, you know, I inadvertently move something and then I, I sort of get this disturbed energy. So I don't know if you already know what this pattern is um, that you're setting up or, or if it's random. It's more organic to have a very specific way of being. But each time you dust your shrine, feed your shrine, clean up your shrine pieces, you reorganize that universe. And in between those periods of cleaning, touching, care for, feeding, you know, once a week maybe, every other week maybe, I'm going to clean all the dishes, all the cups, or I may clean just some that are not being used while the others are still being utilized. And then the next week, go back and, and sort of rotate that process. But over time, there's an order, there's a structure that's set up in your shrine that you 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 become aware of because it's in your journal. I, I say every show, journal, journal, write a journal, keep a journal. Even in the entertainment idea of what the witch is and the grimoires and the black books, even Charmed, they, they had this, this book. Um, you've got to keep detailed notes like a scientist would, like a chef would, uh, until you know what these recipes are, what these mixes are, uh, what these combinations are. You might even document that movement. I moved this piece, that piece, natural heaven, and I felt a certain kind of way about it. And then in 
you know, 24-hour period, four-day period, within a moon cycle, I observed this activity, this result, that result. Uh, greetings, um, Marcus. I certainly appreciate your uh, being here always. And anyone else who I didn't acknowledge uh, coming in and out of the group, I certainly do appreciate you both here in my YouTube live chat and also those who uh, are in my uh, blog talk radio chat and those who are just sitting on my blog talk radio phone line who have not pressed the number one to be invited into the conversation. It is two minutes after 10, so if you haven't already done are already present on the Blog Talk Radio phone. For one, I will open the mic uh, and bring you into the conversation. I think I said about 20 minutes ago I was on my way out here. Um, so I want to be sure I'm missing anybody's questions, comments, or requests. Please understand this is the busiest time of year. Not only the sales of Senate, the busiest time of year. People have emergencies. And I want to respond to all the first one. Mother and my great father. Even the Bible says, honor thy father and thy father that thy days might be long. Do honor thy great mother and thy great mother's and thy days might be long. You are dealing with financial requests, a career request, a defensive request, and most
dash of cayenne to the room. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit, boil a gumbo, hot and steady. Don't care if ready, ready. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claiborne where she's buried Build a fire on the bayou When a black cat scratch at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant some magic words, Kufaru. A dash of cayenne to the rule. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Black top hat, black suit too. Single rod that Moses through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Black top hat, black suit too, same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. Going free at the old cemetery, down on Claiborne where she's buried. A dash of cayenne. To the roof, gonna put on my Greek grease.